0: Get it
1: Hello and welcome to our podcast digging deep i 'm
0: Roberta walker and i 'm michael glassman we 're two landscape designers who have been working in the field for over twenty five years.
1: Through this podcast digging deep we 're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges
0: our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscapes for you and your family.
1: And we do, we have had foibles, you know, we've had, we've had the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and that's why we want to bring it to you. So hopefully you can avoid some of the things that, um, that we've had experience with. Yes.
0: Welcome to 2020.
1: 2020. And this is part two of Landscape Trends. Yes. There's so much to talk about. And we want to, the last thing in our last podcast, we were talking about plants that do double duty. And I think that's a, it's a perfect segue to go into foodie.
0: Right. Farm to fork.
1: Farm to fork. Instead of farm, it's your backyard to your your dinner plate.
0: Exactly. Uh, One of the reasons, and, and a lot of people will say, how do you know about these trends? Well, because we're in the industry, because we see people, because we work with people on a daily basis, we see what they're asking. And the things that people are asking us are the things that really kind of Condition us to say, well, this seems to be a trend that people are going to.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, a trend that's gone on for the last several years is is buying organic vegetables yes and organic vegetables are more expensive than um, you know Conagra vegetables but they're so much healthier and there's no chemicals and the and the perfect way to get them fresh is to grow them
0: yes yes and you
1: don't need a farm in your backyard in fact you could you could have raised containers
0: I have a I have one big eight foot long um, horse trough it if you can imagine it's a galvanized trough it was used to feed horses and and cows and what's nice about it is it's two feet high. It has drainage in it. Um, It already is set up with drip irrigation. I put in new soil. And the great thing is, is that you don't have to do a lot of bending. And I grow, we grow tomatoes. Right now we're doing lettuce. We're also doing beans. And the beauty of that is, is the bugs don't want to crawl up it like snails and slugs. They can't crawl up the galvanized container. And a lot of people say, well, doesn't it get hot? We have not had that situation.
1: Well, you've got soil and you've got irrigation. And so that keeps it cool. And... um... Um the sheep trough versus the horse trough, they're four foot by two feet. Yes. So if you don't have the space and we usually drill holes in the bottom to have a little more drainage the, and um if you're putting it on something like concrete, you want to put it on some blocks. You yes. Know, so it could, yes So it could so it drain underneath. and the
0: neat thing about it is as she was saying, they do come in different sizes. You can mm-hmm. get a four by four, a six by, you can get a an eight by. It's great because if you try to build a raised planter, which is wonderful, I love that, but it tends to get very expensive. And one thing, when we're talking about food fork, um, one of the biggest mistakes people make is if they're going to build a raised planter and they're going to use wood. Don't use pressure. Don't treated. use pressure. It's soaked <laughs> in arsenic. Exactly. So what happens is, in fact, my wife, <laughs> before I met her, she was laughing because that's what she did. She wanted to build a raised vegetable garden mm. and she used pressure treated wood. Bless her heart. Yes. And I told her, that's the worst thing you can do. It's like building um, a raised planter for for. Edibles out of railroad ties. Those are soaked in creosote. Creosote.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. No, I know they're, they're, you could find them cheap or they're cool to look at, but do not grow your vegetables in them because it's just counterintuitive. Exactly.
0: And so basically you're, you're trying to be organic and you're poisoning yourself with all the materials.
1: Yeah. You know, I had some clients who, um, they were horse people and they, you could buy these old concrete horse troughs. Yes. And that's part of the repurposing we're going to get into later. Yes. But um, they make a great either raised bed or a water feature. So um, – but, but we'll stick with them, the foodie because no matter where you are in the country – there is always a season for growing. Absolutely. And um, I have friends and in-laws back east in Maine, and it's freezing right now. However, as soon as spring hits, their plants are in the soil and they grow so much. And, As you go across the country, we have a longer and longer growing season where here we are in California, and of course, we have citrus and lettuce and and all these vegetables.
0: And the other thing is is that, you know again, cost is a consideration, but there are people that want to be able to grow all year round, and they Mm -hmm. get snow, they build a greenhouse. They build a greenhouse.
1: Or I was once in New Mexico, it was at 8,000 feet, and they were raised beds, and they took PVC tubes and bent them to make an arch, and then you can get this white fabric weed cloth yes and they grew everything in there
0: so there are definite ways if you're the type of person that wants to continue growing even in the winter season you don't have to be foiled you just have to figure out a more creative way of doing it i.e you know as i said the the greenhouse the solarium the Mm -hmm. the covered areas
1: Mm -hmm. now for a design tip landscape design tip um don't put your garden all the way at the back of your yard yes because I get lazy. Everyone, you know, if you want to go out and get some, some thyme or some rosemary or pick a lettuce, hiking all the way to the end of the yard is, you know, it's not fun.
0: It's not going to happen. Mine happens to be right by my outdoor kitchen. Mm-hmm. So literally I turn the barbecue, I turn and I can pick the the herbs. My herb garden is very close. People are lazy. We're all lazy. We're not going to go on a day hike just to be able to to harvest some rosemary.
1: Right. And having raised beds um, incorporated into your landscape design, because they could be made out of um, blocks as yes. well. And it could be faced with stone. I mean, they, they could be really lovely. Or in our last episode, we, we spoke about vertical gardens. Yes. Well, having a vertical garden right by your outdoor kitchen or even just your standalone grill with herbs growing there it's you just snip them yeah that's a great idea Yeah, parsley
0: and keep in mind unfortunately we're not getting younger we're getting a little older mm-hmm. and if you don't anytime you can do anything raised is great because if you don't want to do a lot of bending and mm-hmm. especially if you can sit along your planter mm-hmm. or if someone's in a wheelchair or a mm-hmm. walker mm-hmm. this way they're not bending over so if you're planning and again Roberta and I were designers so we're always talking about planning not so much you know planting yes but planning how to plan for the most efficient the most functional way so that you'll actually use your yard
1: Exactly you know the aesthetics and making it look beautiful yes that's our bottom line but if you can't get around your yard easily and yes. access these these um plants or planters or vertical gardens it's an aggravation
0: Yep I agree so Try to put your vegetable garden close in. Also, keep in mind, you know, we talked about that in an earlier podcast about doing a, an analysis of the sun. You want to put your, you want to get the maximum amount of sun value for your vegetable right. garden.
1: Right. If you're going to put a raised bed under a, a covered overhang, forget it. Yeah, it's not going to work. They need sun. Um, yep. Anything, you know, anything that, most things that are, maybe everything that's edible has to have. Some sun. Some sun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, other things that can go in the shade are ferns and that, but you're not eating those.
0: Okay, we're talking food to fork. What about a chicken coop?
1: <laughs> okay, I think, I think by law you're allowed two chickens. That's it. Although people, you know. Right. People, people um, go over that. But that I would put
0: in the very back of your yard. <laughs> right. They are noisy and uh, they could smell. Yeah.
1: Right. And you know, people say, "Oh, chicken manure is so good for the plants." Well, when it's fresh, it will burn your plants. It right. has to be composted. Um, and also, if you're going to have chickens, I had um, somebody I worked with who just raved about uh, food grade diatomaceous earth. When you sprinkle that with the chicken food and feed, um, they'll eat it, and it it gets rid of fleas. It gets rid of bugs in the coop. So, um, and there's really lovely little chicken coops you can buy online. Oh I mean, yeah.
0: I mean they're they're cool and and also plan for um an area where you can keep other varmints out. You don't want right. foxes and mm-hmm. coyotes or raccoons, raccoons or like getting into your chicken right. coop.
1: Right. So if you buy some of these prefab, they're you know, they they take care of that. And um you don't want to have a chicken coop if you're vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Then, that's, unless that's, you just really love chicken yeah, you know, exactly that, that chicken, um, but anyway, yeah so there's there 's chicken coops um, as far as you know eating the eggs, but then planting wise if you are well here we are in wine country almost right, and if you 're going to grow grapes, um, you need to have an arbor, and a lot of people think it 's so beautiful to have a nice wood arbor and have the grapes, but just know that once the grapes get going, I mean really going, their trunks. Are almost the size of trees.
0: Exactly, they get large, and the grapes can be quite invasive.
1: Right, and um, so wood rot. So you, I would use a metal structure metal to structure, grow the grapes yeah. on, and then um, rats are attracted to grapes. So oh, if, you, yeah. if you have cats, that's great; they'll, they'll keep them at bay. But you know, when you grow vegetables like and fruits, you're going to have to deal with squirrels and perhaps rats. Right. Um,
0: we have the most incredible fig tree. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and probably get 250 figs but half of those are eaten by the squirrels and the mice and the rats and, and, everything. and they'll
1: take one bite and throw it and down and then throw it down yeah <laughs> so
0: i mean with the good new the good stuff is also the bad stuff and we talked about that earlier but if you're totally into um i have a relative who her father his his Whole yard is all food to fork. It's that um, everything is edible, oh. and they even they even have their own um, bees.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful thing. But I, that's a little bit out of my league. But I, th- I think that's a wonderful thing as well. And also, let's let's talk about hops. Hops, um, you know, hops, dried and roasted, are used for making beer. And um, I had clients that moved up from the Bay Area, and he wanted to grow hops. Well, the thing with hops is they like to go at least 20 feet up. Right. Straight up. And if you have a homeowner's association...
0: Yeah, they're not going to like that.
1: Not, it's not going to work. You know, you're not going to put up a 20-foot trellis, and so they look at the back of that and right, your hops. Right, However, I had this idea. These clients, had um, they have a two-story. So I thought if during the season, he could hook wires to his gutter up on the second level and then just... Bring it down. That's a great idea. And then you'd be walking under a tunnel of hops. And then when it's done, you can unhook everything.
0: That's a great idea. So it'd be like a
1: green screen. So um, if you, you know, we have the potential of making our own wine, our own beer, eating out of the garden. You could grow hundreds of pounds of vegetables, literally, by um, having raised beds. And you know, it's. um, I think a long time ago, there's a book I still have it called John Jevons, who did. Square foot gardening. Right. So for every square foot in your bed, you're growing something else. It, you know what? It, it's, the sky's the limit, and you can have fresh organic produce in your yard.
0: And the the first podcast, we talked about vertical gardens, and I even talked about using, you know, like jasmine and honeysuckle and things like that. But you can also use vines, for example. Kiwi. kiwi. Yeah, male kiwi. and female kiwis. Gourds, Gourds yeah.
1: Cucumbers. Um, little tomatoes. Yes, cherry I tomatoes. Mean, those are annuals, but... Um, you know where the vines that we were talking about, the honeysuckle. Well, um, you know in the star jasmine they're evergreen and they're they're a screening. But you could also have vertical gardens that are you know those plants that grow up upright because if you don't have enough space. Going vertical is the next best thing.
0: And plan your garden so that it's easy access, so that you have areas, you know, for example, if you're doing raised planters, if you're doing vegetable gardens, you want to be able to get in there with a wheelbarrow or a wheelchair or a walker, but you don't want everything so on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And with anything, it's called maintenance. You're going to have to maintain it. You can't just plant it and it's not going to take care of itself.
1: Right. Well, that's the, you know, there's... Gardening, hands down, is therapeutic. Yes. And so if you spend the time, you know, it's, and, and how much joy do you get from bringing forth fruit? I mean, it's really lovely to grow something and eat it.
0: I have to say, the very first time I did a vegetable garden, there was something probably cost me three times as much if i bought it at the store uh, than if i bought it at the store but i have to say the satisfaction um i was doing sugar baby um the, the cantaloupes and oh, also yeah. the the watermelons uh-huh. and i brought them home and ate them and oh my god the smile on my face because it was like oh my god i grew this and when people came over and i offered them a piece and i said By the way, I grew this. I grew this. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was wonderful. Yes, I grew that. Yeah.
1: Well, I've been harvesting lemons. You can see them all over my counter, and I've made lemon curd, lemon biscotti, lemon bars, (laughs) and then um, a tip from Martha Stewart is if you have so many lemons you could take the whole lemon and throw it in the freezer yes and the, and the juice is fine what you can't use you won't be able to grate the peel right but that's a great way of preserving lemons just throw them in the freezer or put them in ice cube trays you know if you juice them first
0: and keep in mind that if you're overrun with so much produce there are our charity organizations like here the senior gleaners senior gleaners. they will come and they'll actually pick your uh pick the fruit, mm-hmm. um, they'll harvest some of your produce, and they'll give that all of that excess to the charities. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. So growing, you know, being a foodie is uh, not only a great trend, it's just a wonderful
0: thing to do. It was something that yesterday, again, I, we were talking in general about um, the difference between city people and uh, country people. And the funny thing about it is city people a lot of them kids nowadays this is something that's really important i think as 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 you're listening you might think about this if you're not exposed to growing things When you grow up, I grew up in the city. I grew up in in Southern California, and I have to be honest with you. If someone asked me where did this come from, I would say the store. I I didn't know. Um, It wasn't until I got out of the city and actually saw things grow. But a lot of kids nowadays, because of technology, because of what's going on, they have no idea that pasta doesn't grow on a tree, that it pasta comes from the store. Um, Artichokes come from the store. Mm -hmm. They don't actually make the jump to think oh my god something is growing something's this something is that so it's really important you know if you have smaller kids to expose them to a little bit more of what what's out there and where the where your food comes from it doesn't come from the supermarket someone grows it
1: right right well a lot of schools um are now having gardens but that you reminded me of uh, something that's important i have cats And if you have cats or dogs, especially cats, and you have a beautiful raised bed with nice soft soil, they're going to think that you just put out the nicest kitty litter box. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Of all. And so um, I've tried many different things. I've tried putting chicken wire over it, and um, I've tried putting little, little, um, you know, those skewers, those Has bamboo skewers. Well, I finally had to build a fence around it so right. they can't get in. It's, it's a metal fence so you could see through. But you need to keep in mind that um, if critters can get in those beds and defecate, very often there's, um, there's bacteria and worms yes. that could go yes. into your food. So you, you, you want to find a system where you can keep them out you could use chicken wire and you could you could make um p v c um fences fences yeah absolutely and, and you could take them down and put them back up again, but that is a consideration, but I did find one thing to keep cats away from where you don't want them is if you grow catnip, which is also called nepita, yes. They love it and roll in it, and that deters them from pooping in there.
0: Exactly. Well, the funny thing is, and when you said that, years ago, we had an atrium in the middle of our our house, and I remember I planted some ground cover, and the funny thing about it was I'd come home, and the ground cover was disappearing, and I thought... (laughs) is it dying? Where's it going? And one day I came home and there was the cat laying on the ba- and its back with the ground covers coming out of its mouth because it <laughs> thought it was, it was like, oh my God, it's a salad. It's a gourmet salad. It's a salad. Exactly. That's,
1: it must've been a mid-century modern house, was it?
0: Yes, it yes. was. Yes, because they was had it,
1: atriums and ab- they had concrete absolutely. floors. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're going to move right on. We don't have much time, but um, DIY and repurposing that's such a great subject. I love this one. Well, we'll talk about the deck that you're. Okay, getting. so
0: this is a personal experience. My in laws had a 50 year old Conhart, all heart redwood deck. I mean, and for those of you that don't. Know what that is, is that's probably the best kind of redwood you could get. And no knots, no striations. It's just perfect redwood. And it was 50 years old. Well, the deck was starting to fall apart. So we redesigned it and it was rebuilt. All that old decking, though, was still in pretty good condition. It was the understory that was rotting. So instead of taking it to the dump or throwing it away, we repurposed it. We saved it all. And now we're remodeling our house. And what we found was the carpenter is actually actually planing it down mm-hmm. and he's cutting it into very thin pieces. This is the most stunning and I'm not exaggerating, wood that I've ever seen. We don't have to stain it. All you have to do is put a clear coat. Mm-hmm. And people I've shown it to them they go, "Oh my god, what is that?" And I said, mm-hmm. "It's 50-year-old redwood." And so instead of and again, now it's it's wonderful because we're using it in our house, and it has memories of my wife's parents, it's, it's, um, it's kind of living on, it's like a living on legend, and and generations, and now it's going to be part of our house. So repurposing that instead of it going to the dump, and and I'm serious, if you saw this wood, because the, the contractor was telling me, and I went, yeah, 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 then he brought a piece over, and it was like, this is stunning. It's yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful.
1: Well, even wood, like old fence wood that you that you don't plane, people are using it for their interior, for the walls. Yes. Or, or you know, a, a kind of...
0: Barnwood.
1: Barnwood, funky kind of look that's really nice. Or even it makes it look kind of seaside-like. So there's that. And also, I don't know how many people, I'm sure in the thousands, that bought fountains years ago. Yes. And they're kind of defunct. They're not working or there's a crack in it, so they leak. They make excellent planters. Oh,
0: they do. In fact, I just did a job where they had an old planter that had a hole in it. And she said, well, we'll take it to the dump. I said, absolutely not. No. I said, "Let's. We'll, we'll drill some holes in it so it drains and we'll use it as a planter. And so we filled it with dirt and we've got the most gorgeous cascading plants coming out. So you've got a fountain instead of water. It's got cascading plants. Gorgeous. Yes.
1: Um, there's so many ideas. I once for a home and garden show built an entire pavilion out of um, the um, the wood pallets. Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh-huh. Shipping pallets. Shipping yes. pallets. We also did a sofa. You know, we got so carried away that we're actually almost out of time here. So with DIY... There are so many things you can do and repurpose. And you'll see them on Pinterest. You'll see it right. on House And, you know, play around with it because I'm sure, you know, once you get good at something, you too could publish your own book of DIY.
0: Everything old is new again. And everything right. new is old again.
1: Right? That's, that's right. You know, you know, they take a teacup. And the little base, and glue it together, and put it on a post, and put it in the garden, and you put a little bird seed in it, and it's just a little bird feeder. When we
0: were in, this is the truth. When we were in Spain, um, we went down this little a little street, and they made planters out of old jeans. They actually took and they lined it with some plastic, filled it with dirt. And so the jeans were standing on their own. And they they planted them with plants and they lined them up. And so the building had old jeans. It was like, oh my God. And, And they also did that with rain boots.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many great things you could do. So, it you know, having a new landscape or a landscape to dine, it, design, it doesn't have to break the bank. You no, know, it does could You could use and recycle and grow your food and have something wonderful. And that's what we're here for. We're going to talk about all the things that you could do. But this episode, this part two, was about the trends for
0: 2020. Foodie gardening, food to fork, and re- repurposing... Anything everything. that's everything, everything. <laughs> everything. We not, can not even living. be repurposed. <laughs> I, know.
1: <laughs> I know. We like to think so. Yeah. Okay. So if you have any questions or comments or topics that you'd like us to address, please go to our website. It's diggingdeep.blueberry.net. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. We dropped the E. They did. We didn't do that. And leave us a comment. We love to yak about landscaping and design. We
0: sure do. As you can see, we love to talk.
1: I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman. And this has been Digging Deep. Deep.